0: Chris wants to clap, so we're gonna let him clap. Hey! Okay. All,
1: right.
0: all right, back for part two of part. Where are we? Fifty episode three hundred and seventy-four. <laughs> <laughs> they just, haven't let me go yet.
2: <laughs> I want to loop back to the fact that I had to defend the fact last episode that we were talking about fitness things on a fitness podcast. I don't know where all that came from. You
0: started it.
2: Yeah, I don't know if there's like an intervention. Maybe there's just like some tension in our relationship. Is where ours. This is. Yeah.
0: Well, people don't know this probably but you're my boss in real life. Right. And I feel like you bring that stigma in here? you try to do the podcast and it really grinds my gears a
1: little
0: bit. <laughs> a conversation about to turn to a confrontation.
1: <laughs> I know <laughs> now you're wondering why I gathered you here today. Yes. Because, uh, <laughs> you
2: apostrophe R-E, are not my boss here. That's what you're trying to say. Yes. You are are
1: not my boss here. You are the letters
0: you are. <laughs> this is spiraling. What are we talking about? Somebody
1: save it. The fitness podcast. I think, I think next year, two thousand twenty-one, when we reach episode one hundred, we'll change it to the Coyote Fatness Podcast. Oh man! Can we smoke cigars while we record?
2: pH, please. Why well can't we, we did that, that now. We yeah. did have the whiskey episode. We did. We just missed out. We missed it. Yeah, we said we were going to bring that back. And
1: uh, wait, they didn't know that. They never knew that till now. Oh well. we I just, thought we.
0: Uh, you shook. It's well, like we getting, didn't know. Yeah, they didn't, didn't know was one, was. Yeah, it was.
1: We go, go back like, and go back and listen and see yeah. if you can figure out which, which one.
0: Episode thirty. I won't say it. <laughs>
1: which listen episode
2: were they having whiskey because they all sound a little bit like someone's having whiskey. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that, that was the it was a good episode. So here we are today talking about injuries. Oh yeah, injuries. Ouch. Yeah, ouch. <laughs> Ouch, of a topic. Um, I don't even know. I'm gonna
0: be a dad. I'm gonna be a dad by the time. Oh, I'm well into being a dad. You're well. Yeah, you're. Yeah, yeah, you're a veteran. She's like two by now.
2: Veteran dad. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, how are you
3: feeling about that, by the way? Terrible.
2: Really. Well, it's yeah. too—it's too late to go back know. now. Yeah. Well,
3: yeah. See what happens. Yeah. In uh, a few days. In a week, you're gonna be saying, "Time to get to bed. We got a big day tomorrow." <laughs>
2: <laughs> wonder what the—Wonder what the humidity is out here, huh? <laughs> yeah. Talking about the weather all the time. I love the air quality. It's not yeah. heavy. It's just awkward. <laughs> <laughs>
3: uh,
2: <clears throat> okay, so here's what we're talking about: injuries for a very specific reason.
0: Good. People, yeah, which uh, is. <laughs>
2: I felt so much like Barney Fife there, you know. Anyway, (laughs) old reference, yes. Um, People have a misconception about this word, injury. Not a
0: preconception. Not
2: a preconception, a misconception. And I will include myself in this category. We overuse the word. We overuse the word injury. Definitely. We should really have Caleb here for this.
1: Week.
0: <laughs> yes. Uh, what, so he can talk for 60 minutes
2: <laughs> about his injuries. Uh,
0: so, uh, my heart.
2: Yeah. Uh, stomach upset is not an injury, right? Motivator cup. Yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> so,
1: <laughs> that's a it good what, one.
2: We all were rolling the other day. Hunter and I had finished the workout. Well, actually, Hunter had gone to the bathroom in the middle of the workout it was a partner workout i think he left and like had his taxes done and came back i was still trying to get through 12 snatch at 95 pounds Uh, anyway that's a story for another day but people overuse the word injury we think we're injured when we're not injured or we actually are injured but we ascribe it to the wrong thing we're just going to break down this term injury we're not necessarily in this podcast um 100 just going from the defensive posture we're just trying to break down this over injured culture and actually talk about a pretty famous lawsuit that's uh that now we know the end result from so that's kind of the stance of where we're going this episode so where do we start we're going to start with the lawsuit probably best
0: yeah let's start there uh, so I want to hear Chris's re- recap of it.
3: Yeah, Chris, recap it. You want to hear my recap of the lawsuit? Yeah, so, so, so one group was mad at another. Okay. So, <laughs> so if you uh, if you haven't heard um, recently, CrossFit won a lawsuit against the uh, the NSCA, which is the um,
0: what does it stand for?
3: Never should have called. I don't know
2: what is the NSCA? Where do the H- National Strength and Conditioning Association. Oh, is what it, is. Second it is That's
0: the... a... <laughs> <That's for sports. laughs> Sorry, it is the That's our sports. Sorry, Chris.
3: <laughs> Please continue. It is a, it, it is uh it is the organization that basically uh, it's it's kind of the gov- it's kind of the governing body for strength coaches and uh because it wasn't until probably the 1970s that, that was even a profession in um in the United States. And so just like everything else, they needed a lobbying group and something to just kind of uh help uh, help give credibility to those in the uh, in the profession. So um they uh, they do everything from certifications, they have a uh they have journal articles that they that they publish and there was basically a study done on the on the effects of uh, of CrossFit and um when you uh, when you looked at it on the surface everything was kind of was fine it talked about how CrossFit increased muscle mass VO2 max and decreased uh, decreased body fat percentage and then it gets down to the very end and it and there's these uh, it has a um, it, it starts giving information about injury rates and it talked about how uh, 16 uh, participants had dropped out due to, uh, due to injury and um, through this, uh, through the findings of this uh, of this lawsuit, it was it came out that these injuries that were completely fabricated. I mean, so much to the point that uh, they brought in everybody that participated in the study, and they all testified in court that they, the ones that uh, that said that they were that were reported injured, said that they never mentioned anything to anybody about any injuries, and. Um, it uh, it gave uh, it gave crossfit just a lot of really really bad pr like there was a uh, there was an article in there was like, like a newsweek or something like that that said uh, like the title of it was getting fit even if it kills you you know things uh, wow. things like that and there was <laughs> there was like another one that said like how, the the title was crossfit is killing us from <laughs> i think it was another one and yeah. so it was so um, death and injury
0: I don't know. The ultimate injury. The I ultimate so.
3: injury. It's the last injury you'll ever have. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but um, so that's uh, uh, that's uh, kind of the, the Reader's uh, Reader's Digest version of it, and we can kind of go into more more mm. specific. So, yeah.
1: Uh, I, think, I feel like, have we talked about injuries before on here? But we have a little bit. Yeah, yeah. but not from this perspective. Yeah. Not from this perspective. Um, j- just from a, a general like CrossFit and, and owning a gym. Uh, viewpoint when we first opened you never heard i'm gonna get hurt doing crossfit when people started coming to the gym It, it was probably i don't know 2015 when we started hearing that we started hearing a lot like almost every single person who came in said well i heard you could get hurt doing this and i'm worried i'm gonna get hurt and uh that's kind of it's interesting because that's kind of gone away we don't really hear that anymore but I still hear it at our gym in Oxford all the time, which is weird because we don't hear it at the other two gyms. So, it's almost like they—I don't—I don't know what what to, to make of that. But
0: sounds like you're killing them off like mm. one by one.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, I think that all that was brought to rise because, like Chris said, of this falsified study, which <laughs> is since. Um, been proven to be wrong, but there's also you know there's some CrossFit gyms that were hurting people a lot because of what they were doing. And go back to listen to our last podcast about the programming and all that type of stuff. And mm. um, uh, I think doing things right, uh, you're not only minimizing the injury risk, but you're also helping people get uninjured, uh, if if that's a word. And we talked about this before we shot, like. There's rarely a time when somebody comes in to check the gym out um, who doesn't mention some type of something that they're dealing with currently. A lot of times they've got low back issues or they've got a bulging disc or uh, they've got this uh, sh- this shoulder issue they got going on or this knee issue they've got going on, and it happens, I would say, the vast majority of people who are coming to try the gym, and so I'm like... Thinking to myself, there's hardly anybody at our gym that has any of that stuff going on. But all these people from outside are coming in with already injuries, and so it's it's the complete opposite is true. Mm. Like you're getting, we're getting people uninjured in here. We're not injuring people. We're getting people uninjured. Um, and uninjured so, is a word, by the way. Yeah, it is. Google yes, it. Did you look yeah. it up just now. Google. Yeah. It. <laughs> Experts maintain.
2: Scholars maintain. Scholars Sch- 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 maintain that. Shoot. I- that uninjured is a word yeah yeah yeah, so it's the reverse but it's interesting um, that one study released by this group of people that has all these letters that we don't even know how quickly it spread through culture and we do have to say that some of it was because you had I almost said guys but men and women running affiliates that really weren't doing things correctly Uh, even intelligently, they were, it was like, Hey, let's throw something up on a whiteboard and see what happens. And that's why you talk about programming. Um, but that, that wasn't the majority of affiliate owners. Yeah. Right. And people are coming in and here's what people were saying CrossFit's going to hurt people. Mm -hmm. They've sat in front of a computer for the past nine years. Uh, they've maxed out their cafeteria plan by going out to lunch every day with the nine people in their office. They go home, they watch Netflix, and then they fall asleep, rinse and repeat. Then they come in here and they think they're going to perform like they did when they were 16 on yeah. the select soccer league. They, they um, have some sort of thing happen when they do a box jump where they get a little tight or sore or something like that. And like, oh my gosh, I knew I shouldn't have done this. I knew I was going to injure myself, yeah. you know. So that is probably the most common thing that we see. People who are going from a completely sedentary lifestyle yeah. to Metcons. And they get something in their mind where they should jump back in there and be competitive with people who have been here five years working towards that goal. You know, so injury in itself, you're right, the exact opposite is happening. People are coming in who have specific limiters in Mm -hmm. in their body, and they're spending time shoring up those limiters, strengthening
1: those limiters, and they're hurting less. The bottom line is most people walk in and they can't even perform functional movements correctly. Because of, like you said, their lifestyle, sedentary lifestyle, very inflammatory diet, not exercise, um, very limited shoulder range of motion, very limited hip range of motion, can't sit to get into a bottom of the squat correctly, can't put their arms over their heads uh, with their arms straight. So that's why you see so many people hurt themselves, like moving a box, picking up a box and throw their back out, or putting something up on the top shelf and their shoulder, you know, go blow their shoulder out or something like that. Um, because they are not capable of doing performing functional movements. Um, and so that's what we work on with people, is getting to where they can perform them safely first and foremost before they ever get to the point where we're trying to push the intensity. Um, and, that's, and that's where the on-ramp comes into play. But you, you hit on another thing, too, is um, pain, the, the difference between pain and injury. And I think that's something that many people don't really understand Especially people who haven't spent much time working out, and it's something that I take for granted. Chris probably takes for granted too. You know, growing up, playing sports, and working out in the gym. Like when you work out a lot and push your body to the limit, pain is going to come with it. Now you're, and that's not saying you're always in pain, but there are going to be times when something flares up. This is my knees bother me a little bit, my arms bother me a little bit, but you know from experience that it's not a big deal. It's just my muscle i over you know my muscles are really tight maybe i overdid it a little bit yesterday maybe i need to back off maybe i need to stretch a little bit more um, or maybe i got four hours of sleep last night and my body hasn't recovered yet but a little pain, a little pain and a little inflammation is not that big a deal but a lot of people when it's their first time and they come in for their third session and their shoulders bothering them they think they hurt themselves and that's just not the case like if you did the workout and there was no type of trauma or anything that happened to you Um, in the workout and then you wake up the next day and something's bothering you that's you didn't hurt yourself you just are are tight and it's pulling on whatever tendon or ligament it is and it's causing inflammation a little bit you just need to loosen up and stretch it back out now if you let that continue and don't work on it continue to have the inflammation over time yeah you are going to cause an injury because it's going to it's going to to fray away or whatever the case may be but um if you if you didn't have like a major trauma issue uh, in at the moment then you didn't hurt yourself you just you just got a little pain and being able to understand like hey I got a little pain it's not a big deal um, I, I just need to make sure I don't you know overdo it and work this muscle again let me back off let me stretch it out a little bit whatever um, that's something that you learn over time but a lot of people don't have the the background to be able to understand that 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 does happen and yeah. it happens to everybody no matter what like it's going to happen yeah no matter what you're gonna have a little
2: bit of pain that pain is, is progress and is, you know, different based on your limitations coming into the box. So maybe it would be a good idea for us to kind of take a pause here in the conversation now and say, what, what is an injury? How would you guys define an injury? You were, you were hinting at it just a moment ago, but something traumatic that happens during a movement, during a workout, or, you know, what is an injury? It's kind of a weird term for me, even sitting here thinking about it,
3: you know? I think... Uh I think for me, it's it's one of those things that you know it when it happens. You know, it's a uh, something where at a, you remember at a specific point in time, this happened. Mm-hmm. I felt this exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That, I, sorry. Go ahead. Well, yeah, yeah. Like, like he was, like uh, Hunter was saying, we we probably do, you know, take take for granted, um, you know, what other people might perceive as pain and whatever. Whatever definition that may be, you know, somebody like me and Hunter that have, you know, we, we grew up playing sports and we've been uh, we've been doing this for a long time. We would, ju- you know, what some people say pain, we would see as just, it's discomfort. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we did some heavy... We did some heavy squatting uh, the other day, and then I got I got busy uh, I got busy getting ready to coach the afternoon classes, and now my uh, my, my uh, patella tendon is a little inflamed because I didn't get to stretch my quads uh, when I got done, or I haven't had time to get on the roller or something like that. I know that's not an injury. I know that is discomfort. I also recognize it as something
1: that if, if I don't address it, could eventually lead to injury. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Like uh for me i've ha- I had surgery in college on my shoulder um there's a specific moment when i was swinging a bat and i pulled off outside pitch and it felt like somebody shot me in the back of my shoulder mm. i can com- i remember it distinctly and then it happened four or five more times before i finally got it looked at but that was me tearing my labor more and more every single time that was an injury there's i tore some ligaments in my ankle when i stepped on second base and my foot turned sideways and my foot swelled up to you know it was turned all black and blue and swelled up to twice its size and i couldn't walk on it for two weeks that's an injury or when uh, a minor injury would be like i've strained my groin before i've strained um strained uh maybe my hamstring or something like that to where i'm can't I'm, i'm having trouble putting weight on it. i'm having trouble walking i can't get in a full squat um that's a minor injury to me um, now something where I do 100 wall balls and then I get in my car and drive back from Oxford to Jackson two and a half hours and then get out of the car and my back hurts. My, my back hurts because I did 100 wall balls and then I sat in the car for two and a half hours and my legs and glutes are super tight. I know I need to do the pigeon stretch and stretch my hamstrings out, and then I wake up the next day and it's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of people would say, oh, I think I hurt my back, I overdid it. No, you just, your 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 muscles are tight, you're, you're causing, it's causing a little bit of inflammation, you just need to work on it. Yeah. Um, and so, being able to understand that. Uh, uh, injury, to me, is when you can point to a specific moment, like Chris said, I was in this workout, or I was doing this, and all of a sudden, this happened, and I knew that I'd hurt myself. That's an injury, whether it's minor or major. Yeah, most people are describing discomfort. You know, I'm just, I am not
2: comfortable right now because of what happened yesterday. Or, you know, for me, it, uh, it usually ends up happening overnight. You wake up the next day and you're like, yeah. oh man, I, I now realize what I did yesterday. And interestingly enough, though, depending on how you view these things, can really uh, hamper your recovery to that when yes. people start to convince themselves that they're injured, then what do they do? They back off, they become mm-hmm. sedentary, which is the worst thing that you can do. I
1: see this a lot people that talk about injuries and oh i'm gonna hurt I'm scared, I'm gonna hurt myself, I'm gonna do this. They're the ones that are constantly having pain and injury because they're constantly it's at the forefront of their mind they're making a big deal out of it and they're blowing things way out of proportion it's like you just got a little pain it's not that big of a deal that just comes with the territory especially when you're trying to push the the push the envelope and really trying to to further yourself and get better um that's that's going to be part of the process but if you're constantly dwelling on, I don't, I'm scared I'm going to hurt myself if I do this, and you're, you, know, you're it's, it, it, you I hate to say you manifest itself, but it's going to eventually happen if you think about it all the time. What, whatever you dwell and think upon is going to, to come about. And the people who are just like, ah, it's just a little bit of pain, it's no big deal. Like I have pain every single week, and I know right, I have more pain now than I have in a long time because I'm not stretching as much, and I know that. And then my shoulder will bother me, and I'm like, all right, I need to back off for a few days and really stretch my shoulder out um, because I have not been staying on top of my mobility like I need to. But I know, like, all right, this is hurting me. I need to work on this for a few days, and then after a few days, it's gone. Um, and so that's that's such a good point because the people who dwell on it and think about it all the time, they're the ones that are constantly dealing with it. Yeah, yeah, so it is. It's
2: a You become a self-fulfilling prophecy. You know, not, th- not to zoom out too far, but I think a lot of this gets to the type of society that we are today. You know, if you when we were a labor-based society, meaning agricultural, things like that, you would wake up the next day sore from the work that you did the day before. You mm-hmm. know, that was just a natural part of living because you were active and because of the type of work that you had to do, you would wake up sore the next day, you mm-hmm. know, and our rhythms are different. In, we've become used to we've normalized sedentary so much that we're so unaware of our bodies that when we start doing something outside of the norm, <clears throat> we just don't know how to handle it. You know, and and yeah. let's let's pick on this. There are people who are former athletes that that stopped at 18 and now they're 35. They've been sedentary sedentary way more than they were active. So they've kind of lost that, that muscle memory and realizing, hey, I'm I'm gonna get through this. The interesting thing for me too, is that when we're talking about injury, and I've I've had a lot of interaction with the medical community, not to just paint them with a broad brush, but the way to fix it for most people, because the doctors are assuming you're going to stay sedentary, is I'm gonna give you something that will keep you from feeling, yeah, this this thing that's going yeah. on with your body, you know. So so for me, uh look, man, I'm just an average guy living in an average USA, and I had some stuff going on with my uh, with my shoulders, which I still, I fight that still. It's just a limitation that I have. I have to keep it stretched and all that. Well, I go into the clinic and say, man, I'm having a lot, a lot of trouble moving my neck here. Well, do you know what happened? I'm like, yeah, I know exactly what happened. Uh, I was finishing a bench press, and I looked over to racket, and I was just in a bad position, and you know all that impingement just showed up at one time. They did not tell me, well, you need to make sure to stretch, you need to keep moving that. They were like, hey, here's this muscle relaxer. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like, okay, that seems like a bad idea. I'm going to take something that keeps me from feeling the pain Mm -hmm. because you know I'm going back to the gym in a day or two. I need to be able to have that response and that feedback. So, the way that we fix things is we throw people, you know, big pharma. And keep them from being aware of their body, you know. And people are
1: choosing that yeah. over coming to the gym and feeling a little bit treat uncomfortable. Treat the symptom, not what's actually causing yeah. it. It's just going to keep coming back, and if you don't, if you don't treat what causes it, um, I'll tell you one thing that drives me crazy is when I will see somebody from the gym post something they're very proud of. Maybe they hit a PR on a lift or something, and then some random person will comment like, "Oh, that's awesome, but be careful, don't hurt yourself." <laughs> And, I, and it drives me crazy because, look, the body was meant to move. The body was meant to perform. The body is not meant to sit on the couch. And you're doing way more damage to yourself by going home and sitting on the couch and, and stuffing your face with food after work every day than they are coming in here and and putting weight up over their head. They're actually doing probably one of the best things they can do for their health. Yeah. Um, maybe they do have a little bit of pain, but I promise you that's that's not near as bad as the... The years and the chronic illness that you're putting on yourself by not exercising—yeah—the years off your life. I mean, yeah. No I doubt. just,
3: I just had this thought of like somebody, uh, you know, saving up and being able to buy themselves a car for the first time and putting it on Facebook, and somebody kind of, wow, that's great. Don't have a wreck. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> be, be careful out there. Yeah. My, my favorite is when. Um, the squat
2: snatch seems to be like the the ultimate, the yeah. gasper, you know, and I, I can, how long have I been doing this? I think five or six years now. I mean, of all the things that I've done in here, I've never felt like, oh man, I'm on, I'm on the jagged edge of injury here. You know, it's like yeah. there's every, every lift that you do, first of all, you're focused on safety from the beginning and your technique. I mean, every every time you move that bar, just a quarter of an inch. But not only that, but in those these kind of lifts or gymnastics, you have a way to stop yourself. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, if if I were to uh, injure myself on a squat, I can't. I'm not strong enough to injure myself on a squat snatch. I can't right. get it over my head. You know. Mm-hmm. And if the bar gets uh, over my head and I need to fail the lift, I've been taught how to fail the lift. And there's
1: coaches there going to make sure, like, hey, that. You're moving unsafely. Drop the weight down, and let's get back to moving safely. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it, there's always going to be somebody here making sure you're moving safely and efficiently, and that's why there's people who've been coming here for years, and like they might have a little pain every now and then, but we you're not we're not seeing these traumatic injuries hardly ever, mm-hmm. and you know we'll have people that do get hurt. At home, like they're, they're, they're doing, they're like the people that get hurt. They don't, I love how riled up this guy's getting. They're not hurt here, they're, they get hurt, and they'll be like, Oh, their friends will tell them, oh, I told you you were gonna get hurt doing that CrossFit, and they've been coming for four years, five days a week, and they hurt themselves, you know, moving move a, a box or something, skimming the or, pool, or skin their, <laughs> their twist of their ankle while they're running. Yeah. Like, actually, no, I didn't hurt it doing that, you know, yeah. I did it doing something else, but it does, but it's just people who don't have any idea what they're talking about and they see other people working out and getting fitter, and it makes them feel bad about themselves, so they have to grasp for anything they can to say, well, yeah, that's what you're doing is wrong because it makes me feel better about what I'm doing myself.
2: That's it, man. And I think we've circled all the way back around now. I think this is the sort of thing that led to the lawsuit in the first place. CrossFit as a methodology was incredibly disruptive. Yeah. yeah, uh, and, and I think people were clamoring to, like, hey, we, we got to make sure the status quo is maintained here.
3: Yeah. Well, you know, nobody was, um, you know, people, uh, people weren't leaving the, the regular gyms in droves to go join powerlifting gyms. Mm-hmm. Or uh, jujitsu studios. I mean, you know, you want to do something on injury. Why don't you do a study on people who, who do who do recreational jujitsu, <laughs> and um, and then that they that stuff get, uh, is violent, man. But it was Ooh. this. It was this revolution. And the thing was, was like you know, you could you know, you could get certified in CrossFit and teach people to uh, to exercise and work out. And um, the people that were you know, the people that were kind of pushing. Uh, this uh, this study, the ones that wanted you know, hey, put more uh, put more emphasis on uh, on injury with this thing. There was a a group lobbying to to uh, basically uh, so uh, not not socialize, but um, basically the government was trying to play a bigger role in exercise and make it where make it illegal. To teach someone to exercise, unless you had one of these three certifications, guess which one one of them was. Yeah. The NSCA. Yeah. Wow. And um, so that was the main thing that the judge ruled upon was that uh, it was very it was very obvious and very clear that the NSCA was doing this from a from a marketing standpoint that they were they were going to lose business and money because CrossFit because they were losing people and coaches to CrossFit.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. yeah, the motivation is a really big thing. I mean, we talk about motivation
2: for particular athletes that are coming into the box. and But look, you, you just have to be very careful about the information that you're, you're consuming uh, because of what it will lead to. It, it does really upset me that there are probably a lot of people out there that have been hesitant to approach this form of exercise, which there are many. I mean, we're not trying to say this is the only one. But people who have been hesitant to approach this one because they feel like they're going to, you know, for the rest of their life damage something. My experience over the past five years, six years, has been, man, I'm I'm probably going to be uh, better the older I get because I'm committed to this sort of lifestyle. Now it's just changed my entire approach to to my body in general. You know, uh, nutrition. We talk a lot about nutrition here. I mean, if you were to roll through all the episodes of this podcast, this injury thing is so important to us because. It's blocking a group of people from getting to all the benefits, and it's a total misconception of what happens, specifically inside of Coyote Fitness. And uh, I think it's why we circle back around to it because it's a big victory for us for yeah. all this, all these lies to be exposed. Uh, you know, here's the one I hear all the time: "Man, I bet those sports medicine guys in your town—they love you guys. They probably pay for your membership." Mm-hmm. And I'm like, uh, I think they see fewer CrossFitters
1: than obese people. I, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll say this if we want to. I don't know how much more we want to beat this horse, but I would say Sp- that speaking of injury, <laughs> yeah. no horses were injured. In the <laughs> episode. Um, if you're so worried about being injured, then you need to be in here because you're much more likely to get injured if you're not doing functional exercise and mobility and stretching that we do every day. Um, you're going to be much more likely to really hurt yourself, really throw your back out when you're moving your your boxes to your next house or working in your backyard or whatever than you would be if you were coming here performing functional uh, movement four days a week and stretching every single day. The people that come in here consistently have a much lower likelihood of getting injured, um, I would say, day-to-day, year-to-year than people that aren't. And you want to... S- go go to the sports medicine people and look around at the people that are in there. I've been there. I've spent a lot of time in there. There are not people who are working out consistently. Yeah. They're not. they are people who don't take care of themselves. They don't work out. And... You spend a lot of time in there as an athlete. You should probably right, clarify yeah. that. Before not, I started... as I had... Hey, when I played sports, I had tons of injuries. I haven't had any since I started CrossFit other than, you know, some minor tweaks and bruises here and there. I've been doing it 10 years. I trained at a high level for seven or eight. Mm-hmm. I haven't had anything major happen to me, and my mobility is not that great. It's just a matter of, you know, being able to understand what your body is and taking care of it um, and understanding, hey, this thing's bothering me, and I need to take care of it before it, it gets worse, uh, which is something that we try to teach all our members as well.
3: If um, if you want to get more information on that uh, on that lawsuit and all that, you, uh, you can look up uh, talking uh, the Talking Elite Fitness podcast. It's episode thirty one with Russ Green, and he kind of breaks down everything uh, everything that happened. And like you know, just in case you know you're thinking you know it's a, it's somebody's biased CrossFit opinion on that. Russ Green, when he does this podcast, he is not employed with CrossFit. Um, at the time, so he can pretty much he can say whatever he wants to on there. So, mm. um, good resource. Yeah, that'd be uh, so. If you want more information on all that, and really, it, it to me, it kind of it kind of scares me just where we're where we're at. All not only just with the fitness industry, but also just with academia and how they can um, uh, how how studies can be manipulated and just be glossed over just to uh, just to push an agenda, sell pills. You know? Yeah, yeah, it's a big deal.
2: All right, the most famous and most anticipated portion of the podcast, Outside the Box! woohoo! always <laughs> got to add that every episode. All right, so this Outside the Box we're discussing, we actually uh, wandered into something last episode about the Olympics. We decided for this episode, we're going to discuss our personal, which means that we can't have a lot of arguing about this, our personal favorite Olympic moment. And we were saying this could be winter or summer, totally up to you. But your favorite Olympic moment, I'm, and I'm also saying it's not part of the rules that you have to have lived through it and watched it in real time, just really inspirational Olympic moment for you. So Chris decides he's going to go first with his favorite Olympic moment. All right.
3: So mine, uh, I don't know if I would say it was really inspirational as much as like it just made me like... Uh, drop my, uh, drop my jaw and put my hands on my head. It was like, um, it was a real, it was really intense. It was back in, it was in 16 during the uh, the women's um, women's uh, swimming, and uh, Russia had just gotten a lot of their athletes had just gotten popped with the doping scandals around the time that the Icarus documentary came out and all that kind of stuff. And there was a swimmer for Russia, who uh, she had actually been um, been busted. But they allowed her to compete anyway, and a lot of the uh, competitors were really aggravated with this. And uh, it was the breaststroke semifinals. The you know uh, the winner of the winner of this heat would go on would go on to the finals, and uh, I can't remember the Russian girl's name, but she ends up posting this really uh, this really good time. In the ver- and the uh, and when she gets done, she holds up. She holds up uh, one finger. She holds up her index finger, you know, like you know, saying number one, and kind of waving it around a little bit. And uh, the very next heat, Lily King, the American, gets in there and beats her by .02 seconds, so knocks her out of uh, qualifying for the final round. And Lily King starts swimming around, putting her finger up and jokingly, wa- you know, waving it around <laughs> in the air. And I was like, oh my! What a gosh. moment! that girl just got destroyed there (laughs) you go so i remember like i remember watching that live and i was like oh my gosh this is crazy
0: (laughs) so a
2: slightly controversial moment more than inspirational yeah yeah interesting made an impression on you yeah yeah as the guy that would never do that which is awesome like (laughs) you (laughs) know one of those guys like although i probably will next workout just start walking around waving the number Mm -hmm. one you know Mm -hmm. interesting chase you ready
0: yeah i'm ready Alright, so, so this one is a pretty classic one to pick, given the generation that I'm a part of. But the, just the the, the male anatomy it took to do this. <laughs> Are we back to pole vaulting? Yes. Uh, Sean White. He's already, he's already a legend at this point in the uh, figure, or figure skating, the snowboarding realm. Uh, but back in Vancouver, uh, the dude was on the. Um, uh, I don't remember which event it was. But he had already locked up the gold for the event. Uh, I remember b- this. Before even his last run. Like, he yeah. he clenched it uh, already because of how late he was going, I believe. But instead of just bowing out and taking the gold because he already won, he decided to go again and nailed what is unanimously considered the most impressive trick in snowboarding ever if if not ever then at least up until that point uh which the technical name of of it was the double mctwist something mcflurry
2: the double mcflurry i was trying to make a dessert you beat me too.
0: literally (laughs) called it the tomahawk after he won the gold uh but just the the nuts it took to say well i already won gold
1: Let's go do something bad A. Eh? Yeah. And uh and I'll risk history. my life on this next run just. Literally. To some literally. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like the nuts is gonna take chase on Friday. I already had a baby, let me go get a double McFlurry. <laughs> <laughs> I'll
2: re- I'll make a double McFlurry on my last run. <laughs> yeah, that's a I do remember that was man, and that was all over the news yes. the next day. Like yeah. that dude was what? like
0: became a legend yeah. at that
2: point. Yeah, yeah. That was probably was that after all the like the video game contracts and all that kind of stuff like
0: oh yeah
2: I, he he was already super was fam- already like what did he have to gain he just knew if this is gonna happen it's happening right now I'm doing it yeah you know, the, like the Olympics it. just have the ability to call that out in an
0: athlete for sure well I mean literally the entire world is watching if you're gonna nail a trick before this the viral the, the viral age hits
2: yeah that's how you network yeah. TV cool yeah good pick mm-hmm. I remember watching that my turn
1: yeah. Uh, so I found out researching this that uh, apparently a guy ran the marathon barefoot and yes, won. Yes, the Kenyan. That's incredible. Imp- uh, Ethiopian. Ethiopian, sorry, but you got to say the year. Uh, uh, 1960. Yeah. Abib Bekela. That's pretty impressive. But to me, the thing that stands out the most is um, the Derek Redman. Um, he was a British runner who tore his hamstring in the semifinal, and he was had a chance to win the medal, and he was, like, down on the ground. And his dad came out of the stands and helped him cross the finish line. And that's just like a really, really cool moment. I wish somebody would make a movie about it. It's a, that's iconic. It is. I mean, yeah.
2: 1992
1: uh, Summer Olympics. You know, there's so many good Olympics moments like Michael Phelps and um, the the gymnastics, uh, U.S. women, and um, all, all the Jamaican bobsled team. Yeah. yeah but uh, th- to me, that's just really memorable of... Um, that bond between father and son, and um, you know his dad had been there for him, and he was there for him at his uh, probably his worst moment. So that was really cool. And I'll so
0: what you're saying is that no matter what Ben picks, yours was, yours like was better. better pick. Yeah,
2: I always say that. Though. <laughs> <laughs> no, what I'm what I'm pulling from that though is that the Olympics and the sense of competition, there's something magical every olympics you mm-hmm. know so it really is just what what matters what intrigues you honestly just
0: being there is magical within itself like oh, literally my gosh. best in the world where are the
1: yeah, olympics this stuff. year tokyo yeah. tokyo Tokyo's. could be the could get weird so that means it's going to be at really weird hours here <laughs> yeah <laughs> well, that's hours. right yeah
0: it does like i hate when it's Bring like you have to, to, to watch the repeat.
1: yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh
2: for me i actually we were talking about this off mic um I, i'll admit i didn't know much about this until i started reading uh the book unbroken uh the movie's terrible by the way compared to the book but that's that's another podcast but um for me i started after that book i started taking the deep dive on this but 1936 um jesse owens just flips hitler Hitler the bird (laughs) and you know i think in the movie they have like zampini shaking hitler's hand or something for like show but this guy goes into the Olympics and is the opposite of the Aryan race and everything that the Nazi, yeah. I, Nazi ideology stands for, and he just mops the floor with them. Mm-hmm. I'm like, talk about male anatomy, not only to perform inside of that, uh, yeah. inside of that sort of um, what was surrounding all of the games, right? But to be able to say, literally, this guy probably knew, I'm risking my life to succeed here, to succeed here. But I'm going to do it anyway. Like, my gosh, I mean, there's got to be interviews and articles and stuff written about this uh, more than what I've seen. But in 1936, as an African-American man in the middle of Nazi Germany to just, you know, walk in and obliterate competition and befriend other people there. I mean, what kind of man must this man have been? So for yeah. me watching and plus when you watch like it's the opposite of watching world war Two in color <laughs> to go back and watch the athletic <laughs> competitions yeah. in black and white you're like whoa man these guys were good even back then so yeah that, that's one of my big moments the phelps stuff runs a close second
0: it's yeah just pure impressiveness yeah there
2: was that one i don't remember what year it was without that, that one year where everybody's wanting him to get this additional gold back when all that mattered like <laughs> before he had a gabillions. but mm-hmm. um there's this one finish that was literally you couldn't tell with the cameras underwater and the walls caught it and uh, man I just that's one guy I know he had a lot of controversy after his swimming career but I was pulling for that guy every time he was jumping in the pool just yep. you know because he had a he had a work ethic everybody knew that and mm-hmm. I love to see that pay off but I think just because of the historical significance I'm gonna go with uh, with Jesse Owens, which leads into. My recommend. Oh, wow. Hey, you see, I'm getting better at this thing. Nice. Right? <laughs> nice. So uh, yeah, so I'm gonna leave with the recommend. And let do you guys have recommends? Yeah. Never. Uh, <laughs> I've had one every single time, so never I can't every, now. Yeah, why why do I need to ask? Alright, this is a book that I'm reading. Take that, Hunter. Oh. This is a book that I'm reading called Vanished, okay? The guy's name is Will Hilton who wrote it. There's lots of books called Vanished, so you actually have to search Vanished World War II. And it's about the uh, Pacific theater, specifically the islands that most people have heard of uh, Peleliu because of uh, the Pacific, the HBO series. Uh, But this is about three planes that went down and a random dude that took a diving trip and saw one of the pieces of the wreckage and it just consumes his life. So I've read a lot of history books. uh, This particular book though is one of those that even if you don't like history, the story of the families and all that it, it'll pull you in the guy right he did obviously so many years of research to be able to write the way that he does some of the history writers are really dry and boring this guy not the case so mm-hmm. even if you don't have that bent towards uh, military history and all that it'd be a, a good quick read just on the human story so vanished is the name his name of the book cool it came out a while back it's not new so
1: i have to check it out yeah um I'm gonna do another TV show on Netflix, Kevin Hart documentary. Really, uh, it's really good. Yeah, wow. it's really really good. I've
2: skipped that a few times. It is good.
1: I liked it a lot. Yeah, Man. it uh, it follows him over a long period of time and through a couple of huge, um, big events in his life, like were ne- you know really negative events and how he handles it. And I was impressed by him. I thought it was good. So uh, it's just a really good look uh, it Humanizes him. I like that. You know, you you look at all these people who are. Super successful multi multi millionaires all over movies and they just don't don't even seem human and he looks he seems very human in this. this, So he's overcome adversity, big time, man, right up your alley. Yeah. Uh Well, (laughs) I mean, I mean, mean, it talks about his whole upbringing, his background, and all that stuff, and then talks about you know when he he got caught cheating on his wife and all that, and then also the whole uh, Oscars controversy that he Mm -hmm. when somebody pulled up some tweet from like ten years before and. Um so it was uh, it was good. I I thought it was it was really good. There you go. He's he's one that is willing to own up to his mistakes and admits when he's wrong, which is pretty uncommon for people at that level, so.
0: I do have a recommend.
1: There you go. Yep. Jump uh, on. I'm
0: going to go a book. Oh. What? A book. Like the kind that you read? Yep, with your eyes. It's amazing. Yep. Uh there's a book called Culture Code that's uh really impacting Uh, Our community as of late. uh, I think everybody would really enjoy it. Uh, Honestly, I've been thinking about pitching, uh, doing an episode on it at some point. I think it'd be super beneficial. But uh, yeah, check out Culture Code by um, JK Rowling. This is a recommended satire. We
2: just. uh, Is that serious? No. (laughs) Serious? Are you you serious? Are you serious? Hey, Siri. Yeah, alright, so you don't have a recommend. I just gave it. Yeah, okay. (laughs)
0: <laughs> thank you Siri alright see you next time we
2: recommend Chase recommends listening to the next
0: episode if there is one Ooh.